Welcome to Unsupervised Learning, a security, AI, and meaning-focused podcast that looks at how best to thrive as humans in a post-AI world. It combines original ideas, analysis, and mental models to bring not just the news, but why it matters and how to respond. All right, welcome to Unsupervised Learning. This is Daniel Meisler. All right, if you're listening to this currently and relatively recently, then this is one week behind. So I'm a week behind, but I didn't want to skip an episode, so I'm going to do the previous weeks first. So I had a blast speaking at OpenAI last week on how I've been integrating AI into my life for the last year. It was like basically an overview of what I talked about in the augmented course, but more condensed into like 40 minutes. And I also wanted to announce the project that I've been raving about, which is called Fabric. And it's basically a way to integrate AI into your life. So it's basically taking everything that I've been doing for the last year, the whole project and the framework and all, all the technical connections and everything and the prompts and combining those all together into a project. And it's an open source project and it's called Fabric and it's on GitHub. And uh, still early, but adding lots of stuff to it, lots more documentation. And you should definitely check that out. And in my work, I had a great conversation with Shil Sarkar at BlackBerry. He runs the engineering group over there and the data science group. And uh, that was a really cool uh, sponsored conversation there. Had a lot of fun with that. Uh, yeah, it ended up uh, going into quite a bit of detail about a lot of topics other than uh, just uh, their product and stuff like that. We talked a lot about ML and AI in general. Another blog post I put out that week is called, I think 80% of jobs go away. And that's a member post talking about a combination of factors I see leading to a killers only workforce. And you could check that out on the site. Security NSA has been buying American browsing data from data brokers without warrants. And I think this is probably legal actually, because they're getting it from air quote, legitimate data brokers, but it still seems uh, shady. AF because they normally would have needed a warrant to get this. So what does it say? <laughs> like, why is this legal to get from a data broker, but it's not legal for the government to get on their own. That tells me that the data brokers are doing something that maybe shouldn't be illegal. I don't know. I, I'm not actually saying that's true. I'm just saying it's kind of gross. And I actually talked about this a long time ago in, in some kind of essay where I said that Data brokers are doing way worse uh, in terms of like privacy violations than um, like the dark web or hackers in general, right? You hear about the a hack that comes out and it's like, oh, they took social security number, blah, blah, blah. If you saw what data brokers had on you and how it gets updated all the time with new information and it's, and they're selling this constantly to like all these, you know, thousands of companies and your data is basically just being shared all over the place on a regular basis. And this is not by somebody with a hoodie in some foreign country. This is by a legitimate company with employees who have like a coffee budget and people come in at 9 a.m. in the morning and they check their email and their job is to do this. Their job is to collect and sell your data. And again, I'm not saying that these companies are evil or anything like that. I'm just saying this is crazy that this is happening and we should be thinking about like, is this okay? Like I'm, I'm honestly, I'm a little bit okay with it. I just think it's so strange. I think it's so strange. I think it's so strange that people don't realize the scale of this thing. 
of data brokers and, and what they do. South Korean intelligence says North Korea's hackers are now leveraging generative AI to launch cyber attacks. And I've been saying one of the most useful uses of AI, uh, especially agents, will be going through millions of targets and figuring out what to attack and when to attack and using what technique. And I think red will move much faster than blue on this. Attackers can be sloppy at first, right? Where defenders have a lot, they have to move a lot slower and they have to be more careful. So I think two to five years, something like that, this imbalance will probably switch because the defenders have more context to go off of. So they'll have more of an advantage from AI. And a lot of hype was made about a data dump over of over like 26 billion records, but it looks like it was really a collection mostly of previous data breaches. And if we have such a massive cybersecurity skills gap, why are so many companies laying off cybersecurity people? So despite a predicted 32% growth in cybersecurity jobs in or through 2032, the industry had over 9,100 layoffs since March of 2020 with 55 vendors reporting cuts last year. And a lot of that was because of COVID hiring and then they're cleaning up after COVID, but I think it's a lot more than that, which I talk about in that essay that I mentioned at the top of the show. And advisories, Confluence server attacks, 600 IPs are hammering Atlassian Confluence servers with remote code execution attempts. CVSS score on this is 10. And British intelligence is saying AI will supercharge ransomware attacks in the next couple of years. This is actually very much the same point I was making before about the South Korea, North Korea thing. They, uh, the British security agency is basically saying, uh, I'm pretty sure this is GCHQ. They're almost certain we'll see a spike in both the number and severity of attacks. Yeah, 100%, of course. Another way to think about this is, think of it this way. Where could attackers and defenders benefit from like 100,000 interns or 100 million interns or like 10 trillion interns performing a particular set of tasks? If you're an attacker with 100,000 interns, you could create a deeper dossier on every target that you're actually going after, right? So say you're going after a company and you got to get a list of employees. You, you can go and create a very detailed dossier on everything you could possibly gather about them. And if you've got internal sources or, or like special Intel sources or whatever, you can get even more data or like data broker access or something, you can get even more data. But then you can use all that to create a plan on how to go after them. Well, the better AI and specifically AI agents get, the more realistic this becomes. Attackers will basically say, create a dossier on every person at the company, find the types of emails they're more likely to click on, and do that based on psychological analysis of their personalities, based on their online activity, then build and launch those campaigns, starting with the people who can give us the most access and or who's most vulnerable. And these, they're just going to be running constantly. These campaigns are going to be running constantly. And I, I guess one thing I'm just now thinking of is it's going to be kind of like ransomware where we're going to get so used to getting spearfished in this way that we're going to become a lot more skeptical. So over time, like at first, this is really going to work and everyone's going to get owned through this. But eventually we're going to get so used to this, we just don't click on those things. And that's going to take some time. But what is that going to do to the actual people who reach out and actually want to work with you? So I've been thinking about 
the number one way to attack like a creator or an influencer or somebody with like an ego is just to be like, oh, I saw your thing. It was so innovative. It was like, it's the best security talk I've ever seen. You know, I really, I, I've got a friend at the New York Times. I really want you to talk to them. Can you click here? It's their Calendly link. They want to set up a, uh, an appointment to talk to you. The, the New York Times just can't wait to tell your story. Like, do you know how many creators are going to click on that? And I'm not trying to give ideas to attackers, but I mean, that is a thing that people are going to click on and AI will figure that out very quickly. They'll be like, okay, psychological analysis, narcissist, <laughs> content creator, uh, kind of synonymous. And then, yeah, they're, they're going to make links all over the place like that. And it's especially powerful when they're like, oh, I just saw you speak at, you know, this thing in Idaho and, uh, or this thing in India or where, wherever you were speaking. And you said this particular thing at this one particular time. And it's like the video is public, like you could pull that. And again, the reason people aren't doing that in campaigns right now is because it's so time intensive. No, the attacker doesn't have time to spend on one person to go watch their video to get this one sentence, even though that would get them a click for this spear phishing email. Well, now the AI is just going to do it for you. They're going to be like, go find everything they put out recently, go read all their tweets and then custom create something that's going to make them click based on using their you know, inflated view of themselves as the attack surface. And this is going to be really, really powerful. MIT researchers developed a computational imaging algorithm that lets the ambient light sensor capture images without needing security access to the camera. So basically watching your camera without uh, needing permissions in iOS. X has rolled out pass keys for iOS users. And this is because a, a number of people have been hacked because of uh, SMS issues. And SMS is kind of falling out of favor for good reason. Mostly SIM swapping attacks. Cybersecurity firms Sneak and Cato Networks are getting ready to IPO. Three U.S. troops have been killed by an Iranian drone in Jordan. And Biden has vowed to respond. And actually, he already is responding. And Trello had a breach that exposed over 15 million users' emails and names. And Loan Depot's ransomware attack affected over 16 million customers. And I have a comment here. Basically, I'm a bit shook about how close I am to not even mentioning breaches at all. Like, almost nobody cares. Like, of course, the CISO at a given place that gets breached, they, of course, care. And the security team and the company itself. But the collective memory on these incidents is, like, non-existent. Unless it's some kind of major event, it's just background noise. Part of doing business, just like fraud charges for banks. Ten years ago, we thought we'd stop doing business with these companies if they got hacked. And today, basically everyone's hacked and nobody's stopping doing business with anybody because they had a cybersecurity issue. All right, technology. You can now do ats to mention a custom GPT. So if you're just in a random conversation with GPT, you could do at whatever, Grimoire, which is a... Uh, a website creator. So you can just at Grimoire and say, make me a website that does this. And whatever you were saying in that conversation now gets sent to Grimoire as well. So it responds. So you have a, like a specialized GPT answering within ChatGPT itself. All the major tech layoffs in 2024 so far. Here's another piece saying something similar to uh, what I talked about above with uh everyone wanting to basically get rid of employees, 
most companies wanting to get rid of employees that aren't like absolute killers. And uh, tech layoffs not tied to economic str struggles, but AI investments. So if you combine companies basically wanting only people who want to work on an Alaskan fishing boat and go like crazy and not really have work-life balance, like that's what companies are really looking for. Now you combine that with, okay, most people aren't those people, right? So most, most employees are going to be like at risk because they are not those types of employees. So let's call that 80%. Who knows? Call that 80%. But it, those same 80% or a lot of those 80% are also the same ones who are vulnerable to AI. So both of these things are happening at the same time. And then there, there was another story I just read recently. It's actually in the next newsletter. Is 80% um, of the U.S. is spending more than they're making. And like you look at all these trends and how they're combining and it's like, who thinks this is going to end up well? No wonder populism is rising. OpenAI just rolled out ChatGPT Teams, offering features like access to GPT-4, Dolly 3, and secure workspace for team collaboration. Elon Musk is hoping for a $6 billion raise for his AI startup X.AI, or no, XAI, to take on OpenAI with a valuation aiming for $20 billion. And I'm like, really? Are, are you actually starting another company? How many companies do you need? And how many companies can you manage? I mean, I, I think it's awesome. I, I think he's doing good work. I, I think his political commentary on Twitter and like how he's self-destructing, I'm a huge not fan of that. I wish uh, he would just focus on uh, his technical wins and his ambition and his vision for the future of humanity. Microsoft just hit a $3 trillion market cap. And yeah, Microsoft is on the rise and Google's dying. It's like a complete inversion from 10 years ago. The Biden administration is putting billions into semiconductor manufacturing, targeting companies like Intel and TSMC to boost U.S. chip production. And that includes in Arizona, Ohio, New Mexico, and Oregon. And uh, Intel's projects alone surpass $43 billion of investment. Humans, the nuns, have taken the lead in the, as the largest religious group in the U.S., 28% of adults now identifying as none, surpassing Catholics and evangelicals. Over half of Americans would struggle with a $1,000 emergency. Men are flocking to man camps like the Modern Day Night Project to tackle their loneliness and redefine masculinity, often enduring intense physical trials. Boot camps often costing up to $18,000 promise self-improvement and mental fortitude. Mm, yeah, this is a tough one. On, on one hand, I'm like, oh, that sounds cool. Like men really need that. Like I'm, I'm here for the men, right? I'm, I'm here for the Jordan Peterson type of vibe, clean up your room. I think there's a undeniably positive aspect to this. Problem is you move it along the spectrum too far and it starts to bleed into these other people who are like, and that's why you need guns. And that's why the government is evil. And that's why COVID didn't really happen. And it's like pretty soon you're in a militia. U.S. agencies are telling companies not to delete Slack or signal chats, especially if they're under investigation. Always good advice. The Army's dropping its high school diploma requirements for new recruits due to its recruiting crisis. So now you'd be able to enlist if you're at least 18, qualify for the job, 
and score at least a 50 on the ASVAB. And this is because they only hit 40% of their recruiting goals last year. And it looks like the Navy is actually doing the same thing. I'm not sure if it's actually high school diploma, but I think it is. Ideas and analysis. Companies want AI immediately. So this is anecdotal, but I was in a meeting with a major executive of a major company and some other industry experts. And the resident VC expert from a very reputable company had a challenge for us. He asked us, what percentage of funding into AI startups do you think is coming from internal corporate investment groups? So most of the people guessed like 10 to 20%. And I felt like it was much higher. So I said something like 60%. He said it was 90%. 90% of money going into AI companies is coming from internal companies investing. And so to me, that says to me, <laughs> to me, it says to me, yeah, I think this data says to me that they can't wait to get rid of most of their employees. And I know the investment or of a company is not necessarily leadership. So, you know, th these are not exactly the same, but it says, you know, how much heat they're getting instead of light. Right. And the fact that they can't wait to automate things. But again, I don't know how much of this is like the, the actual leadership team wants this versus the investment arm is just, you know, super excited for AI. And it's probably a lot of the latter, but I, I would say, as I talked about in my uh, recent post is like, get ready for this. Be ready. It's coming. Companies cannot wait for AI to replace the vast majority of their workforces. And don't believe any company who tells you otherwise. And one of the scariest things I've heard recently uh, is from a Tyler Cohen interview saying that AI's big threat for terrorism is not making new pathogens or something or new bombs or something like that, but actually helping them run a terrorist organization efficiently and without getting caught. And I'm like, holy crap, that is absolutely true. It's, yeah, it, it's not about weapons. Like there's plenty of weapons. The problem is terrorist groups tend to be disorganized and there's a lot of infighting and it's hard to communicate. So imagine if they had an AI agent who was just like, here's the protocol we're using. Here's how we avoid the particular authorities that are coming after us and all this kind of stuff. That's insane. Notes. Trying another mechanical keyboard, the Nufi Air 75E2. Basically have Vim typing sounds envy, and I'm hoping this will address that envy issue. Plus, it's very Mac-friendly and uh, good YouTube reviews. We had one of our best hour-long conversations during UL Book Club this weekend. I would say top three for sure, and this has been going on for years. And uh, the book was just the on-ramp to the topics, as usual, like we end up just going on these, you know, tangents and it's just wonderful and you should definitely come uh, be a part of it. And the big commercial app that I've been working on is now in testing phase. Really excited for this one. And discovery. Tyler Cohen on how GPT is changing his job. I believe this is where I got that Tyler Cohen thing from. This is from Jan Shipper's podcast. Replit, a platform for coding, AI assistance and deployment all within your browser. Langgraph. Basically Langchain for multi-agent workflows. Power Vim with new AI, new plugin Vim's AI directly to Vim. And this is not the one that I made. This is by Song Luo. API detector effect efficiently scanned for exposed swagger endpoints across web domains and subdomains. Tomcter, Tom C. Tur. 
that needs a better name. Python tool developed to brute force Apache Tomcat manager login with default credentials. Innovative and open source visualizations application that transforms various data formats and more into effective graphs and interactive graphs. And a student shares how AI boosts their lecture note-taking by blending teachers' words, presentation content, and AI-generated summaries. So they use their phone to record and and uh, live transcribe the, the lectures. Then they feed the transcript to an LLM, like Claude, for concise summaries, and basically enhance their notes. And a lot of this um, I have built into Fabric already. Writing a TUI, which is a terminal user interface, in Bash, showing what's possible with minimal dependencies by Dylan Raps. Morpheus One, a model that introduces lucid dream states by Profiti AI. Rich people don't talk to robots. Ring stopping police access to do doorbell footage. Extreme brainstorming ideas to trigger, trigger new, better ideas. Prompt Security is a company looking to secure AI apps against prompt injection. Pretty sure that's an Israeli company. Several truths about success. Git commit messages are useless. Honestly, I just want to put a default message. I'm like inclined to do this. I've been pushing so much to Fabric that I'm very much in this world of heard of like, do I really need to do commit messages? And this uh, piece says I basically don't. The books we can't wait to read in 2024. Everything is a file. Bright Data's platform is a one-stop shop for proxy networks, web scraping, and prepackaged data sets. I need to get them on as a sponsor. They are a really cool vendor. How I use ChatGPT daily, scientist slash coder perspective. And got someone here highlights academic papers that break barriers with brilliance and accessibility. Pretty good set of papers here. And Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway has 83% of its $365 billion portfolio in only seven stocks. And I have a silly question. Why not just find out what he's doing in terms of stocks and percentages and match those? And then someone else <laughs> responded to me and they're like, um, or you could just invest in the company. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Recommendation of the week. Give help. Ask for help. Give help. Ask for help. Give help. Ask for help. You never know where your friends are in their up and down cycles of self-belief, good and bad news, etc. So reach out and offer help. And don't forget to ask for help as well. And the aphorism of the week. Walking with a friend in the dark is better than walking alone in the night. Walking with a friend in the dark is better than walking alone in the night. Helen Keller. Unsupervised Learning is produced and edited by Daniel Meisler on a Neumann U87AI microphone using Hindenburg. Intro and outro music is by Zombie with a Y. And to get the text and links from this episode, sign up for the newsletter version of the show at danielmeisler.com slash newsletter. We'll see you next time. Thank you.